Hello and welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 76. I'm your host, Sal Katar, and I'm excited to talk to you guys today about the USMNT versus Jamaica Gold Cup Final uh, that happened on Wednesday night in San Francisco. So going into the game, we're really excited about Andre Blake, Philadelphia Union and Jamaica keeper, who had three clean sheets and 19 saves going into this Gold Cup Final. And we were all interested to see if he could continue this run of form. Jamaica kind of had to rely on him and the counterattack as he struggled to keep possession. They only had 36% possession across all games before going into this match. Uh, In the match before, we saw Clint Dempsey come off the bench and provide a big impact, providing a goal and assist. And then a lot of people were wondering, is Dempsey's best place on the bench? Well, Dempsey himself said before the game, as long as we win, I'm happy. And he said it is what it is. And he looked to accept his role as a bench player. Um, Meanwhile, so we, we line up for this game. Uh, we go into this game, and Bruce Arena makes no starting lineup changes. The starting lineup was as follows, as it was against Costa Rica. Jorge Villafania, Matt Beasler, Jeff Cameron, and Graham Zuzzi commanded the defense. And in the central midfield, we had Kellen Acosta and Michael Bradley. On the outsides, you had Darlington Nagby on the left, and on the right-hand side, you had Paul Ariola. And then up top, you had Josie Altador and Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris would eventually move, but I'll talk about that in a second. And basically... In the first half, you saw the U.S., uh, you know, mainly dominating. In the, the 17 minutes in, we had 69% possession, and we seemed to have most of the chances. And we, we had some good strikes, but really the, the one of the most important things in the game happened in the 19th minute. <coughs> Excuse me. Josie Altaro t- took a shot from distance, which tested Andre Blake, and it forced him to have to make a double save as Kellen Acosta approached the ball. But on that double save, on the follow-up from Acosta... Acosta hits Andre Blake's hand, and he gets pretty hurt. You could see his hand trembling, a pretty big gash, and he was forced to be subbed off. (coughs) And, uh, you know, four minutes later, uh, finally, after all the commotion is done, Dwayne Miller came on for Andre Blake. Uh, Dwayne Miller plays in the Swiss second division. Um, Not as proven of a keeper, but he did prove to do a decent job uh, going forward into this game. Now, we saw a lot of a lot of half chances, I would say, for the U.S., a lot of uh, possession in the final third, but a lot of times the, that cross or that, that pass didn't even, like, didn't even get past Jamaican defenders. I mean, we've been seeing this with Jorge Villafania all tournament. Just that cross just keeps on hitting the opposite fullback or midfielder uh, from the other team. But in this case, it seemed like that was happening kind of to everyone. Jamaica was just very well organized in defense, and they were able to absorb pressure and at times be a little bit threatening on the counterattack, which was kind of their play style all along, and we knew that was going to happen. I do think that the U.S. was a little bit more direct in their approach from the 30th to the 45th minute, that second part of the first half. Instead of, you know, midfielders just waiting for lanes to open up and waiting for through ball opportunities, it was kind of Darlington Nagby taking more into his own hands on the left wing, allowing... uh, drawing in defenders and allowing Jorge Villafania to overlap, which I think was, uh, you know, part of the reason that we looked so good at the, at the end of the uh, second half. I think that once Nagby was just allowed to stay centrally because that was his actual position instead of rather than, you know, rather than just pinching his like he was in the first half, that allowed us to create very threatening opportunities in the second half. But before we get there, we've got to finish up the first half. And before the, before the end of the first half, in the 45th minute, Josie Altador hits a free kick that is an absolute beauty from well outside the box, and Miller just cannot get to it. 
Um, you know, people are saying that Blake may have saved it. You know, Blake... Blake did make some impressive saves, but let's not discredit Altidore's free kick. That was that was a very good hit, and it put us up 1-0. And uh, about halftime, we had 65% possession, so we were still doing well. Um, in the second half, we saw a little bit more of a defensive approach to begin with, at least. I think that Josie was dropping a little deeper. Um, in the 48th minute, uh, Jordan Morris did really well to win back the ball. He came all the way from the attacking position and won back the ball. So, I mean, I think if there's one thing that you can't criticize Jordan Morris for, is his work. I mean, that's why technically, obviously, Clint Dempsey is is the better player. But Morris, with his pace and his energy, um, you know, not necessarily the smartest player at times, but... I think that with his pace and energy and that just spirit, he can sometimes make some really important plays. And that's that's really, really cool to see as a fan, you know, the, the, a striker just getting back and winning a ball in the midfield. Um, Nagby, you know, was just constantly winning free kicks uh, throughout this game. So good, so good at maintaining the ball, so good at drawing fouls, so good at, you know, making defenders not want to, uh, not want to just kind of tag along with him, make them make a lazy effort, a lazy tackle, and it, it was really beautiful to see. I, I, uh, he, he just kept on winning those free kicks, and it's a very good asset to the team. Um, but it didn't take long in the second half for Jamaica to equalize. In the 50th minute, uh... Javon Watson scores off a corner kick, and Jordan Morris was absolutely the man to blame on this goal. He was guarding the back post, and just, you know, it was a one-on-one situation, and he just failed to mark Javon Watson. So uh, it ended up being 1-1, and at that at that point, you know, you're a little bit frustrated. You want to see the U.S. doing a little more, um, which I don't think they did necessarily directly after, I thought we didn't look that good. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot of again of that thing of that thing that we saw in the first half of just Viafania crosses that were just def- getting deflected. And honestly, and I know people have been crediting Michael Bradley a lot in this game and in this tournament, and he's been he's been great, no doubt. But I think his long balls were just a little bit off. I, I don't. I'm not necessarily. I don't necessarily agree that his passing was was the best in this game. Uh, even though that might be a popular opinion. Um, so, I, I, but I think it's really in the 65th minute, 64th minute, where we looked really good going forward. Um, I remember at one point in the 65th minute, we had three corners consecutively. The delivery, though, again, Bradley, I think on Bradley's set pieces and corners wasn't all that good, which is another criticism I have for him in that game. Um, I remember in the 68th minute, Morris had really good pace and really good energy to get past the Jamaican defense. Um... And he, he put in a cross that was a decent cross, but it misses Josie, and Areola tries to clean it up after that, but can't get to it properly. And um, the U.S. just looked a lot better from then on out. Um, we had you know, Omar Gonzalez header go wide from another corner. We just had so many corners uh, by the end of the by the end of the match. It was it was uh, that was that was really kind of <laughs> annoying in some senses because. You know, we were getting all these chances and we weren't able to capitalize, but it was good that we were at least fighting to get, you know, to get in the final third and get those kind of set pieces. So, uh, but actually, I uh, I missed I missed a, an important substitution. So, which which you know probably allowed 
uh, this kind of attacking spark that I'm talking about to happen, which was Clint Dempsey coming on for Cal Nicosta in the 55th minute. So basically, we saw Darlington Nagby move from left mid to center mid alongside Michael Bradley, and Jordan Morris move from up top to out wide. Um, this put Jordan Morris in more of a position where he could take defenders one-on-one and utilize his pace a little bit more, as I just said he did. And Darlington Nagby didn't feel too pressured to keep the width of the team, but rather kind of do what he was doing already and stay in the center and do what he's best at, create chances, draw free kicks, provide, uh, you know, uh, open up more space for the strikers to run onto. So I think that uh, that was a very good substitution. You know, everyone's kind of playing where they're comfortable. Dempsey uh, moves up top a little bit in a second striker sort of role to, to Josie Altador or an attacking mid or a striker, depending depending on how you want to think about it. He Dempsey kind of does his own thing a lot. He's he's a, he's <laughs> he's kind of he's very independent like that. Um, and you know that's it. It just kind of flows perfectly with his attitude. But. Um, that provided everything we were we allowed to see a little bit more. Um, I just mentioned Clint Dempsey. He had a big chance before before our second goal uh, in the 76th minute. Viafania actually made a good cross for Clint Dempsey, who uh, headed it. And it was a very good header, actually. And Dwayne Miller had to make a really good save on his right-hand side to deflect it into the post. Great opportunity. That definitely could have been 2-1 to one U.S. at that point. Um and, you know, up until then, we were just drawing a little bit more chances in the 84th minute, Altidore, uh, up until the goal, excuse me, we were drawing a little more chances, Altidore in the 84th minute drew, drew a free kick, um, in the 85th minute, Dempsey took it, and that, 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 we were kind of all hoping that he would break the record there, you know, get 58 goals and beat Len Donovan for most USMNT goals ever, but it didn't happen like that, it looked like he mishit it pretty badly, um, but it fell to Jordan Morris, who I thought actually should have gotten across, and he was just kind of like dribbling around, didn't really know what was going on, and never really got a chance, and Dwayne Miller got to scoop it back up. Oh, and I did forget, uh, Jossie Zardes came on for Paul Ariola in the 77th minute, um, on that right mid side, that was just a like-for-like change, and Zardes did create uh, a couple of chances, he was a little bit active, his touch did not look good, so I, I, I think that one game where his touch was, like, brilliant, I think that was just kind of like a one-off thing. I do think that he has the ability to improve there, and I do think that, you know, either way he's explosive with his speed, and, you know, occasionally he's been shown to have decent final product. His touch has, just lets him down, and it did again today. But anyway, um, he, uh, you know, he in the 78th minute, yeah, he, he was made some good moves, but again got his cross deflected, which seemed like was happening to every player all night. But... Um, yeah, I mean, that, that change wasn't, wasn't too impactful up until our goal, actually, in the 88th minute. Um, Bradley played a ball, a nice through ball out wide to Jossie Zardes, who had his initial cross headed out by a Jamaican defender, and then Dempsey takes a touch. Whether it was an accident or not, I have no idea. It didn't really look like he could have been aware enough to see Jordan Morris behind him, so I think Dempsey, like, took a touch that just fell out to Jordan Morris, who hits it very with a lot of pace, very hard, far right post, and it goes in. Everyone's freaking out. 88th minute, the U.S. wins our sixth gold cup, and we are one away from tying Mexico for most gold cups. So that's really exciting. And in the ninety in the ninety first minute or ninety plus one, uh, Dax McCarty came on for Darlington Nagby just to hold a little bit. Dax McCarty, uh, you know, a, a def- more a more defensive minded midfielder, uh, a player that's able to. Uh, you know, just soak in the pressure late games, and that was obviously a good change by Bruce Arena. And uh, in general, I thought 
we did a very good job just clearing that ball out of out of danger and you know our touches were good in our in our own third uh, I'm talking of course when we're, we were uh, you know trying to time waste at the end of the game I thought we did a pretty good job of that which is kind of surprising because I feel like sometimes we're just prone to giving up late goals but overall the US beat Jamaica two to one in the final um, Michael Bradley won golden ball so congratulations to him I don't I, I kind of thought that Andre Blake deserved it. I mean, I know he won Golden Glove, but it is possible to win both. Um, and it was, a, it was a good tournament. I mean, Alfonso Davies, wow. I mean, scoring three goals in that Canadian shirt in this Golden Cup at 16 years old, it's crazy. This, that kid's got so much upside, younger than I am, to put that into perspective. And um, it's exciting to see what he'll do. But uh, I'm still going to talk about the U.S. Uh, here I thought that if I want to, so I mean, let, let me just take it step by step and assess really this 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 team that we fielded out there. Um, Paul Ariola, I thought, actually had a big improvement from his night against Costa Rica. I thought he was creating a little more. His final product was, you know, was not necessarily really good, but it was hard to with Jamaica packing it into the box for most of the game, and. I thought that Josie Altidore was sometimes playing really good one-twos, getting really involved after he dropped deep. Um, sometimes he's capable of doing that, and it was, that was really cool to see. And obviously, he scored that first goal. So I think that Josie Altidore, strong, should should be a part of the national team going forward. Glad that after not scoring a goal in 10 games, he scored in two games in a row. Um, so that's really exciting. And Michael Bradley did what he needed to do, did his job defensively, offensively. Set pieces could have been a lot better. Um, Darlington Nagby, always, always, always the most exciting player, uh, well, at least in this tournament, uh, bar, you know, because Pulisic's not there, but, uh, Darlington Nagby, always the most exciting player, so good at drawing defenders in and playing through balls on his outside, and Jorge Villafania was pretty much made in this tournament because of Darlington Nagby, and it's going to be really exciting for me to see him paired up with a more, um, I want to see him, if he's going to be playing out wide, Paired up with a more um, fullback who's competent in terms of crossing a little more. Uh, I mean, I like Fabian Johnson at left mid, but it'd be interesting to see maybe like a Nagby uh, Johnson pairing on the same side. But part of me knows that you want to get the most talent on the field, and you'd have you'd be after playing uh, you'd have you'd have to play you know uh, a midfielder that's an outside midfielder that's just not as good as some of our options if we were going to do that. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see how Bruce Arena uh, decides to go with the lineup in the future, but I know that Jorge Villafania is, did a very good job in this tournament of overlapping with Nagby, getting up and Nagby did a good job of holding off the defenders and allowing pretty much a hundred percent of the time to play a successful through ball to Villafania, who of course didn't put a very good cross for the box. Um, Cal Nacosta came off in this game in the 50th minute, and rightfully so, because he was, you know, not playing well at all. Um, very disappointing tournament. I thought that he was going to be a player, 20 years old, that, you know, had to, was going to, you know, had to prove himself in this tournament, and has a lot of upside, and we were real, all really excited to watch him, but I think he just never showed up. He never... He was never noticed, really. I mean, sometimes he did some little right things, but I feel like, you know, if you're going to, you know, not 
do anything flashy, then at least don't make any mistakes. But I think that's where Kalnikosa suffered because he made several mistakes throughout this tournament. He made several turnovers in the midfield. He hung on to the ball for too long. He failed a couple passes. Not a great performance by Kalnikosa. Um, Jordan Morris, um, obviously, uh, yeah, I mean, great tournament. He had three goals. He uh, two. He had that brace against Martinique. Um, he, I, I know that technically he's not necessarily there, as I said before, but I, I'll still say it's a great tournament because I think it, it showed us that he has, you know, the stamina to play in every game and he has that, that clinical ability when you need him. And I think he's going to be an important sub, whether you want to put him up top or off the bench. I think he, he will be a sub and is a sub, but he's making a good case for himself to come to Russia. So. Um, I'm excited about him, and uh, who else did we have in the midfield? We had Paul, but I already talked about Paul, Paul Ariola. Uh, yeah, I think for the midfield, that's it. Uh, Clint Dempsey, you know, I, I have said some pretty, you know, negative things about Clint Dempsey in the past, but he gets the job done. I mean, he's, he's about to break the record for most goals in a USMNT shirt, and he's technically one of the best players on the team. His dribbling when he's trying is absolutely brilliant and some of his touches just his first touch sometimes is is just great and there's a reason that he was one of the best players in the premier league at one point so now that not much to say about him um you know we saw dom dwyer earlier in this tournament and i know he wasn't in this game because he got recalled after we got this new batch of players following the group stage but dom dwyer beautiful runs beautiful you know just awareness to get in the right positions in front of goal and I'm excited to see what he's going to do going forward. But uh, as long as we're sticking with this team, we, we saw we saw uh, four different center backs in this tournament, I believe. We saw Hedges, Miazga, Gonzalez, Beasler, And I definitely think that Hedges was the worst of the bunch. Beasler, I think probably the best. Beasler just didn't seem to make as many mistakes as Gonzalez. Although I, I think that both of them at times were pretty liable. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, really, I, I, we just got to, like, pray that John Brooks and Jeff Cameron don't get injured, don't get into card trouble, because they are so key, and I think that it is a, I don't want to say massive downgrade, but kind of a massive downgrade to our third and fourth center backs. That is a good center back pairing, very good. Two, two top European league starters, Jeff Cameron and John Brooks, and I, I, I really miss watching them, so... Um, but we're going to hopefully be able to see them soon. And then at right back, you had Graham Zuzzi, who I, I kind of, I, I guess that, I mean, I understand that Graham Zuzzi is not one of our top right back options. I mean, he's still obviously up there, but he's not, he's not, you know, DeAndre Yedlin or really near challenging DeAndre Yedlin, but very, very underwhelmed with what you, <laughs> Graham Zuzzi did in this World Cup or this Gold Cup. I don't really see the point of him. I don't. I don't. I don't think he did much offensively. I don't think he did a good job marking off the ball, on the ball. Um, yeah, I don't. I. I really hope that we don't see Graham Zuzzi uh, playing right back or really starting in any game going forward. I. I don't. He, maybe he used to be that good, or maybe the the U.S. has just kind of outgrown him in terms of quality. Um, 
which is a discussion that you're going to get into later. Later, like, what does this mean? What does this cup mean for the U.S.? But um, I don't, I don't think that uh, Graham Zuzi has a place in the starting lineup right now. But I mean, I think we did a we did a very good job in this tournament. Um, again, you got to give credit to Bruce Arena. He made the right tactical adjustments during the games and between games. We got to see 27 different players take the pitch, which is obviously a big part of the Gold Cup. Everyone knows that you're not going to take this as seriously as the you know as the as we did in the Copa America Centenario, or you're going to in the World Cup, or even really World Cup qualifying. So. It's important to get new faces out there, and 27 is a big number. So uh, it's good that Bruce Arena got to evaluate those players. And, uh, you know, all credit to him. I mean, we have not lost a game, and he's been a coach for 14 games. That's impressive. And sometimes it's tough to realize that, but, you know, he was just not— Jurgen Klinsmann was just not getting the same results that Bruce Arena is now. So very encouraging signs. Um and the Hall actually gave me the stat. Since Bruce Arena took over, the U.S. has only given up two goals with Michael Bradley in the match. So, again, Michael Bradley is an important part of this team. He is the rock. He does everything, and he's he's got to stay, and he's got to be he's got to be a player that we're going to build around for uh, for the foreseeable future. I think. Um, but you know, we won the Gold Cup. It's not like. I wasn't really running around celebrating. I was running around celebrating when Jordan Morris scored that goal. But, you know, it's a competition to, you know, evaluate talent. And we did that. It's a competition to just have some fun. I watched some good goals. I, um, you know, watched some young talent take the field. Some of them impressed me. You know, people's stock went up. People's stock went down, which is important because you'd rather see that here than in, you know, a World Cup qualifier. And at least we got to win this competition, too. So, um... I do miss watching Christian Pulisic. I do miss, you know, I, I do want to watch see Bobby Wood a little bit more, and and DeAndre Yedlin. But we'll we'll get to all those players soon. It's just important. Let's just celebrate the win. Obviously, it's not it's not a huge deal, but um, I I don't necessarily think that the U.S. is miles ahead of where we were four years ago. I. I think you saw Clint Dempsey that was a little bit more closer to his prime. You had a Landon Donovan who was in pretty good form for the national team. You had, uh, I mean, I guess I guess at that point, yeah, 2013, Josie Altador actually was pretty fantastic. Bef- I mean, bef- yeah, before, before the last part of 2013, he was not, uh, before he moved to Sunderland, he was even fantastic for club. Um, but... Yeah, 2013, we were just very good, winning that Gold Cup, comfortably, comfortably qualifying uh, for the World Cup, finishing first place in the Hex, and we just looked good. Um, But I do think that Bruce Arena has, you know, he says he has a lot of work to do, he says he has a lot of experimentation to to, to work with, and I I believe him. Uh, I think that this team is going to get better, and I think that... You know things are looking up a lot. Of, we have a you know a fairly young team. Um, I don't by no means this tournament should show you that we're not relying on Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey is now a player who's comfortable being on the bench to provide some talent, which is um, totally fine with me. And um, I'm ex- I'm really happy actually that Clint Dempsey's accepted that role. And um, you know w- w- more affirmation that Josie Altidore and Michael Bradley are important players 
who changed the tournament after they came in. And um, I, I think – and also Tim Howard. Um, I don't even think I've touched on Tim Howard. Just a very solid job. I mean, you know, he's not going to be a world-class keeper again. He's not going to be, I don't even think, the same keeper that had 16 saves against Belgium in the quarterfinals, or sorry, round of 16 in the 2014 World Cup. But he's going to be solid. It is what it is. Hopefully our back line can make up for that. Um, hopefully Jorge Villafania, John Brooks, Jeff Cameron, and DeAndre Yedlin can give him some help in the World Cup. And, um, like, I, I mean, honestly, I'd like to see Bill Hamid get a little bit more, uh, like, a little bit more caps, but at this point, like, I don't think that you can develop the same kind of chemistry with Bill Hamid that's already exists with Tim Howard between the goalkeeper and the center backs, or, or the defenders. So, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really expect to see Bill Hamid starting that World Cup. But, um, man, I mean, I know I'm talking about the World Cup so much, and I've been talking about it in every single game, but it's just because, like, honestly, this tournament this tournament is a tune-up tournament for the World Cup. I mean, like, I, I mean, no one brought their best teams. I think we brought, like, definitely a better team than, like, Mexico brought. But, you know, this tournament, I'm not saying it can't make you happy. <laughs> Please be happy. But, really, our focus is on Russia. And, like, it, it just makes me laugh sometimes. Like, like Jordan Morris was, like, I don't know if this is before the game or after the game, but he, he he's just like, you know, like a reporter asked him, I think it was Jenny Taft, something about the World Cup, and then he was just like, I know, I'm just focused on here and now. I'm not even thinking about the World Cup. Like, I just kind of think that's BS. Like, come on, you're you're 20 years old. You've been watching the World Cup probably for as long as you can remember. You've always wanted to be one of those guys representing your country at the world's biggest stage, and you're not thinking about it. You're not thinking about trying to get into that team. You're playing just to win a gold cup, a, a gold cup where like a lot of starters aren't even there. Nah, nah, nah. Everyone's got the gold cup in the back of their head, or sorry, the world cup in the back of their head, and that's how it's going to be every gold cup that happens before the world cup. Because yeah, the one right after, people are a little bit more competitive, but for this one, it's really just about getting ready for the world cup and getting on the roster for the next world cup qualifier. So, you know, great to win this tournament. I'm really excited. I, I want to level Mexico on the amount of cups, gold cups that we have, but um, it's time to move forward and look at World Cup qualifying soon, and I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I think, you know, our three biggest winners from this tournament, at least the players that I want to see some more of, absolutely, are actually, yeah, just, just winners, because obviously we, I want to see more of Michael Bradley and Josie Alistair, but they didn't really prove that in this tournament. I'm going to say my three winners are Darlington Nagby, Jordan Morris, and Dom Dwyer. Those are three players that I absolutely want to see again come, qual, qual, uh, come World Cup qualifying time, and I think they should be, you know, very important uh, some of them are prospects like Jordan Morris. I think that, you know, he's got a lot of room to develop and he should be a valuable part of the team for the next, hopefully, decade. And then Darlington Nagby and Dom Dwyer, established players who can get the job done. And um, I'm really excited to see those three. And then in terms of losers, I'd say Callan Acosta is a pretty, pretty, big, <laughs> pretty big loser, but I really think that we should still bring him to the next cycle. But... Uh, if he, if he if he performs like this again, or in the next qualifier, then um, I, I don't think that 
we should really be taking him as seriously as maybe some other midfield prospects. Maybe we do need to operate with Nagby in the center midfield. Um, or or maybe, you know, you know, look look at a player like Sacha Kleshtin or maybe start a player like Dax McCarty, even though I really don't want to do that. But I really just think that Kellen Acosta isn't really adding that much as we speak. So, um, yeah, I would say that Kellen Acosta... Uh, definitely, and Graham Zuzi, I really don't want to see again. Hedges, uh, I don't think he's going to get the opportunity um, to start, or yeah, definitely not start for the foreseeable future in any qualifier. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think there were a lot of players, there weren't a, a ton of players that really surprised, like totally surprised me or shocked me, but I think those are those are some notable players that I think stock moved up or down in this tournament. Um, uh, in other soccer news, uh, LA Galaxy actually added Jonathan Dos Santos, the Mexican midfielder, which is exciting, so he can, he gets to play with his brother, and, um, you know, LA, they look to improve this season, I definitely think they have more talent right now than their position in the table shows, they're, they're ninth in the West right now, ninth in the West, six, four, and ten, um, and yeah, I know they haven't played as many matches as some other teams in that conference, but they just still have not really looked that good or gotten the results. So they they need to uh, they need to prove that their budget has been worth it because uh, ninth place just isn't good enough for now. Um, and other than that, uh, I think that you know that's pretty much all that I want to talk about. We have an email for this podcast at soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter and Instagram. Those are at Soccer Bros Pod. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, as long as it's around <laughs> Google Play, iTunes, Podkicker. Review and rate us there. Email us if you have any questions. I have a sports Twitter now. That's at ASR underscore Sahel. Uh, make sure to check me out because it's kind of getting lonely with only like 20 followers. Anyways, um, I'm going to get out of here, but I will see you guys next time on episode 77 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast. It won't uh, involve, obviously, as much USMNT news, but I'll be talking a little bit more about uh, the beginning of Europa League, uh, the Europa League competition, and uh, some transfer rumors, and etc. as we get closer to the European season, and I'll look to cover a little bit more MLS. So, I'm going to get out of here. I'll see you guys next time on episode number 77 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast.